Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to all of our patrons. And uh, I'm going to name-check a few people listening to us live. We've got Adam McCauley, Al, Charlotte, Ian, another Ian, John, Luna, Mike, me, I don't really count, Paulie Moo, Rich Bruce, Snail Scribbles. We've got a great lineup of people listening live and supporting us directly. They also get our ad-free full-length show if they're not listening live. And Extra Message uh, is available to patrons as well. You can find out more by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Ian, what a pre-show chat we've had today. Yeah. My goodness. An amplifier literally exploded. I mean, not literally, and it didn't explode. Not even metaphorically, but it did stop working, which meant I couldn't hear you. Well, my uh, chicken breast in the microwave earlier did literally explode. Ah. I didn't know that it was possible for a breast, a chicken breast, to explode, but my the inside of my yeah. microwave shows that it does. It is possible. Bit of water in there, bit of extra pressure, and yeah, what's it going to do? It's only going to explode, isn't it? It looked like something out of a horrible medical experiment. Um, much like children in Scotland. Ian, would you like to talk about yes. our first story? <laughs> Well, UK schools are using facial recognition to take people's lunch money, uh, according to that Verge headline. Children in Scotland have been able to use their faces to pay for lunch in a newly launched service, according to the Verge. A staggering 97% of students consented to have their biometric data stored for use with the service, which seeks to replace other payment methods like smart cards and cash. An exclamation point littered flyer promoting the facial recognition service includes information that claims biometrics have been used since Egyptian times. Uh, Now, that may well be true, but it's unlikely, nay impossible, that the pharaohs uh, were keeping track of people by any sort of computer network. (laughs) The the main argument for facial recognition seems to be that it's more hygienic than cards or fingerprints, while offering more security than carrying cash around. The local authority, in this case North Ayrshire, says that biometric records will be deleted when the student leaves. However, given the existence of contactless card payments, which have been around for a very long time indeed, the whole thing seems sort of pointless and arguably a terrifying overreach by the authority. Nate, let me just scan your face and you can tell mm. me what you think of all this. Well, if only we were doing this on video, then you, you actually could indeed. scan my face. I did like the, 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 the um, mental image that I formed when you said children in Scotland be able to use their faces to pay for lunch. It sort of reminded me of, you know, sort of a skin-off moment. Um, <laughs> but of course, you mean facial recognition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you, 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 mean, you mean the film Face Off? Uh, yes, the, the film Face Off. S- starring yes. Travolta and um, that other one. The other one. Nick Cage. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that 97% of students consented to having it stored because, you know, kids don't care about privacy. But, no. Um, but it also, uh, you know, I don't find it particularly surprising that, it, that schools have started to do this. Um, what I'm surprised is that the the outcry hasn't been louder. I would have thought this is the kind of thing that would get people up in arms that, you know, we don't need facial recognition in schools. You know, why do we need this? Why do we need more cameras in our schools? 
your thoughts, in fact, echoed by Big Brother Watch, which said it normalises biometric ID checks and having an airport-style security system is unnecessary for lunch queues, which I completely agree with. Um, Charlotte in our chat says they do fingerprints in many schools now. I mean, maybe it's just been a very long time since I've been at school. Well, but, yeah, me too. But, um, but I mean, back in the day, we didn't we didn't have that. You know, you just walk up. We we did have little RFID cards. We would we would preload with money, um, yeah. and then we would use those passes to pay for things in the lunch queue. And they're basically contactless. Yeah, I it mean, ju- we didn't. I well, I'm obviously as we've discussed in the pre-show. I'm a bit older than you. You know, we had cash, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. It prev- so okay, Charlotte raising many great points uh, in our live chat prevents bullying for lunch money. Well, I have a question about that. Yeah. Because surely if you've got money loaded on a card, I mean, I suppose if, it, if you've got face ID, but then, you know, does it, you could still bully someone to p- make them pay for your lunch. You just bully them so they go to the queue and use their face to pay for your lunch. It seems a bit of an overreach that the, the solution to school bullying is to put facial recognition systems in the lunch queue. Don't yeah. they need to be buying pencils and things? that was always the problem when i was a school kid you know i schools don't have a lot of money most schools do not have a lot of money and putting facial recognition in a school unless it's just part of a very temporary experiment um doesn't seem to me at least like the best use of cash um i think that you you said in 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 well you said it in, in in the notes here that parents the sign-up rate is suspicious because of mm. how many people are consenting to it, and you posit that maybe parents don't understand what's being done. Yeah, or and, and also it, it seems, according to the wording used by The Verge, it seems like it's the kids that have consented to this, which I found weird given that they're probably all under 18, and surely they would need parental consent for something so important as this. Yeah. That's, That's what's not clear, but who knows? And it's not in any of the official documentation that I could find either. John in our live chat says that kids in his school, um, John is a teacher, cut out the RFID cards and put them in their ties, which meant that they don't <laughs> lose them. Now, that is a I, genius idea. That is such a schoolboy or girl thing to do. Um, it, you know, do you remember you remember we used to have the very, very thin... Um, you'd, you'd do the tie backwards and have it very thin. Yeah. And we used to store pens in ours. So Good. you'd like clip a pen, a Parker pen underneath and that you'd have a pe- tie pen thing. Yeah. A pen tie. Didn't Carl Pilkington once come up with the idea of a pen tie? Quite possibly. On a podcast. I think he Seems did. Seems like the sort of genius thing that he would come up with. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, it's good. So obviously... There is not going to be much of an impetus to, to get people to, to to get children to be using smartphones because whether it's that most kids probably shouldn't be using their phones as much as they do in schools or the financial cost of having a kid uh, having a kid of, of having a child uh, with a mon smartphone like you can't exclude children many of whom are going to be on um, you know benefits probably you can't assume that they're going to have any kind of smart technology on them and so maybe they've all got a face i would assume so no extra technology needed but it comes at a cost to the school i think is an interesting idea 
but I just find it surprising that this is something that was worth spending any money on at all. Yeah, I mean that that I I worried less about that because I assumed that well, and this was the other question. It doesn't say who the processor is, who doesn't say who is in charge of um operating the scheme it is it is done through the council or the local authority so it it comes under their data protection purview but it doesn't say if there's a third party involved in the processing and you know because there must be they haven't designed their own system have they whether it's an off-the-shelf kind of thing who knows um but it worries me because it suggests that there's money being made somewhere um in order to pay for this because it seems very expensive now, just going back to a point you made about consent, because I think that's a very interesting one. Yeah. I just did a bit of uh, fast Googling after Rich in, in the chat <laughs> yeah, says, did the same. Scotland age of consent for legal matters is 12. Now, I found an article from the Law Society of Scotland that says, in Scotland, under the UK Data Protection Bill, a child who has reached the age of 12 can generally be deemed competent to provide consent in his or own, his or her own behalf and exercise their own data subject rights. Very yeah, interesting. But it also, I mean, the Wikipedia uh, page for the Act of Legal Capacity in Scotland, which is from 1991, suggests that it's 16. Um, but weirdly, under previous Scots law, uh, derived from Roman law, a child of the age of 12 if female or 14 if male. Uh, now, uh, or that would, they would have a legal status of a pupil, um, Wait, hang the, on. Yeah, but, so but it, that's is that a, a that is age of legal capacity, but this is specific. Yeah, I, the, the, the age of twelve, I think, is specific to data protection. Right. Okay. Whereas the other, yes, which which fits in with the um, the social networks, you know, allowing children 13. of twelve. So, so, oh, is it thirteen? Thirteen. It, yeah, but with different. There's right, no with different there's rules. No, it's so confusing. How does anyone keep track of this? I mean, I should know. I am a parent and I have a child rapidly approaching 12. So here's um, a question for you then. If your child's school came to you and said, Mr. Morris, yeah. we would like to your child to be able to pay for her lunch money, uh, her lunches at school with her face, what would you what would you say? I would say no. And what would your reason be? I just don't want them having that kind of biometric data i mean you might argue that they probably already have a photo that they might use they might have some sort of process so it might be that it's just matched to a school record say mm. uh, but i would say if it if it was specifically for the purpose of just paying for stuff i would just say no i wouldn't say no if it was the school asking to store a photo for i don't know whatever reason they might have and they'd probably have a good reason like you know safeguarding or something like that but um no, I would, I would, I, I would just say, well, what? Let's just use a normal um, smart card. Well, you're, you're, you're in line with people commenting on this in our chat because Luna Lovegood, who I know for a fact, um, works in a school, as as does John. Uh, Luna says, I see no justification for this expense, technology for technology's sake, and John says, my daughter's twelve, and I would say no too. And I have to say, I'd, you see. It's weird, isn't it? Because if I was a child, I'd probably say yes. Because I'm yeah, I nerd. think I would have done. But if I had a daughter of twelve, I I would say no. But then I don't think I'd let my daughter have a smartphone. I don't think I would. Yeah, but my daughter have... does have a smartphone. Yeah. So you know, she could, she could theoretically. Um, I mean, I don't know. You're probably not allowed Apple Pay, are you? Before the age of, 
I don't know, 16? Um, it's If it's connected to a family account, you can. I think the same is true on Android as well. I mean, but you, you've already raised the really good point that most children, I mean, lots of children have smartphones. That's quite common. Uh, but of course, that, that doesn't mean all of them do. And it's also a huge financial barrier. So, you know, you, you can't, you couldn't do that. And, and um, Izzy has a, an old iPhone SE. Uh, I'm not, that one doesn't support Apple Pay. Uh, well, you know, contactless Apple Pay anyway, I don't believe. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I'd rather that because she has a phone and the data's stored on her device. So it's up to us to manage that. I, what I don't like is the idea that, and, and I think that the Big Brother Watch uh, point is is valid it is subconsciously preparing children to think that this is all quite normal and that we are you know that f- paying for stuff with biometrics is okay even if it's not under your control it, i yeah. just I, I mean i pay for everything with apple pay with my face but it's on my device i know it's encrypted i you know to the extent that apple manages that i trust them um and i'm not saying that's a blanket agreement with me and apple i don't i don't trust them on absolutely everything but for that i i feel like they've demonstrated that it's secure um giving it to anyone else and specifically schools which even if they have the money to get a face id system i don't know I can't tell you who provided that Airshare system, so therefore I can't look into it. I can't see if that company's been involved in any problems before. I can't read their data protection agreements. I mean, I'm sure if I was a parent, I could ask. Yes. But even so, I, 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 you'd be worried, wouldn't you? Because you just don't know whether the security is there. You don't know how clever the school has been about setting up the network. Have, have they got some ring fence thing where only the terminals in the lunch area are connected to just one machine that manages the payments and the and keeps the faces stored you know or or is it kept on the broader school network is that something that a clever kid because they are all bright and clever and they get taught coding could somehow get into because i remember you know that was the sort of thing we did at school we'd always be trying to hack into this or the other got called in because i managed to hack this our school network and gone to quite a lot of trouble for it my mum yeah. had, to, had to come in and uh, <laughs> get me. Just to explain that you were basically curious, which is exactly what we want from our children. Um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, it, it is one thing in general to ask for Face ID and that kind of stuff. It is quite another to not be sure about how it's managed and to not be confident in it. And, you know, I, I can't say that it's good or it's bad from, you know, security perspective, but it would worry me. Um, whereas a simple photo is less concerning, especially if it's managed by the school. Well, um, in the interest of moving on from this story, I mean, it's raised some very interesting points. Um, I, I actually think that it would be it's always it's always wrong to bet against technology becoming more and more ingrained in our lives. So it would not surprise me if in 10, 15 years time, something along these lines are the norm and we probably have to start getting used to it. However, we should therefore continue to be asking questions and making sure it's being done in the right way, which is what I like to think we're doing here. But it wouldn't surprise me if this gets rolled out much, much more widely uh, around the world. And as a side note, John in our live chat, um, who's had some great insights during this 
conversation, um, pointed out using um, what's called a Go Henry debit card for kids aged six to eighteen um, to essentially use uh, as a contactless card. So we'll include a link to that on the show notes at uktechshow.com/episodes. If you want to go and find links to this story, many others, and uh, anything else we've talked about on this uh, episode. But uh, any thoughts you have in the meantime, also send them to us, please. Hello at uktechshow.com. Well, The Guardian wrote this week that the UK government will trial um, a new anti-obesity scheme from January. It's all about trials today, Ian, um, which uses Mm. an app to help people make changes to their diet and physical activity and in which participants will will wear Fitbit-style devices that can generate personalised health recommendations such as increasing their step count, eating more fruits and vegetables and reducing portion size. Key to this as well, I think, is that ministers will offer rewards such as clothing vouchers and discounted theme park tickets in return for exercising and eating healthily. And this is, as we said, all plans to tackle Britain's uh, obesity crisis. Now, there was a competitive tender process for this, but an Australian tech company, somewhat ironically, won the the, the bid, according to The Guardian. It's called Head Up which will get £3 million from the Department of Health and Social Care to provide incentives as part of this pilot. And I did have a look at um, Head Up ahead of recording, and it does suggest that some of the software features that it uses um, go into corporate apps. I saw one for NatWest and some other companies as well to try and keep employees healthy. So there's a bit of a track record there. And I don't believe, much as I thought when I first read this story, that this was about the government basically making Fitbits. I don't believe that's the case. What I think this will end up looking like is the the company Head Up makes software and I think maybe some white label tools that, that companies like NatWest can, can brand um, that are compatible with many, many devices. And so it's more of a case of, well, hey, if you've got a Fitbit or you've got an Apple Watch or you've got a Garmin or whatever, this kind of technology can be supported on it and hey if you use it and if you follow the guidance um, then you will be rewarded with um, with discounts which is totally um, you know it, it is a proven model it, do, it does work lots of employers do this um, in health insurers certainly in Britain Vitality yeah um, I was going to say them does does this with the idea usually being for example with Vitality actually they'll give you a free Apple Watch free in inverted commas um, and then but you know the incentive there is if you're hitting daily goals on fitness you're statistically less likely to have a heart attack and therefore need hospital treatment which vitality therefore has to pay so everyone's a winner in a sense you stay healthy the insurer doesn't have to pay out as much and therefore it offsets the cost of giving the watch in the first place it does work the question is whether that works as part of the uh, the broader population and i you know it's it's i don't know and I don't know how sustainable it is to necessarily have a company that's able to give you discounts on, on clothing and and things as a way of getting people to eat better. But and maybe, I don't, I don't maybe wanna, that's what's required. I don't want to rehash the previous conversation, but also, um, like, do we want them being able to see what sort of activity we're up to? Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm okay sharing that with my Apple Watch again. Um, but like, you know what the, I don't necessarily want 
everyone knowing how much activity I'm getting in a week. Well, let's not. Let's. I think just in the interest of um, being talking fair, about it in a, in a more fair way. Let's yes, assume because a third party is involved, and of course the government has had no problems when working with third parties on data protection. <laughs> but let's let's just say. Let's just assume that the data protection stuff is is at least on par with everything else, and it's fine. Right now, it's a pilot, we and we have no indication that it isn't the, under a, a scheme that seems to be okay. Then, and it's funny, Mike in our live chat has pretty much just said uh, what I was about to say. He says, "Surely the incentive should come from being healthy." My yeah. argument was going to be that if everything works really well, then the idea is that you'll be you'll be happier because you'll be fitter and therefore you'll feel better and that is your incentive. You don't need the discounts. But not everyone is motivated by that, right? Some people just yeah. just can't. Um Charlotte, and it's also very difficult to be motivated by it when you're not feeling physically well or physically fit. You know, it's it's really it's it can be really easy to sort of slip into a sort of inactive and sedentary lifestyle and i will say that i'm absolutely certain that you know a huge percentage of the population struggle with this through lockdown because as soon as you start being told you can't go out you sort of start to slip into this lifestyle of not going out and then before you know it you're probably not ma- you know you're not massively overweight or anything but you're just out of the habit you completely sort of lost the motivation to be outside um and you sort of need and for me it was going back to an office that sort of got me going again it it wasn't um you know it wasn't my brain saying actually you know what you've sat on your ass for the last two years or you know year and a half or whatever it was um uh, uh, you know and then things change again and you're you're back to the same so i think motivating people is very difficult you're a lot of people will be motivated by being healthy or wanting to feel a bit better um i would say a very small number of people would be motivated by probably what is actually quite a modest reward scheme i don't imagine it's life-changing i think you know if the government wants to encourage uh people to eat healthily then there's all sorts of things it could do to you know uh, incentivize that for example you know making tasty fruit and veg cheaper um if you go to some supermarkets the quality of fresh food is terrible um if you go and to some supermarkets at the moment they've there replaced, isn't any, yeah. they've replaced the food with cardboard cutouts <laughs> yeah. of food and i'm not kidding no i know i've seen the tweets it's absolutely ludicrous um we are in a position and then it, it may get worse we won't get into that but you know that there, there, i think there are lots of things you could do you know to, to to motivate people to eat nice stuff and it, and it could be um i don't know getting someone to come up with a line of foods that are guaranteed to be good for you you know plenty of included vegetables and stuff like that i, I just I, I can't see any voucher scheme being enough to motivate me to do whatever they're asking in terms of exercise to step count or whatever you, you know it would have to be a substantial amount to, to motivate me enough to do it i, I don't know. agree I that when know. you when you're told you know or when you feel bad and you want to feel better that's when it kicks in for some people i mean not everyone for some people it just gets much worse and i you know i really feel for those people because it is really hard um but you know i'm not sure a voucher scheme is going to help anyone but Nick makes some really good points in the live chat here that if you earn points, you get an immediate reward. If the incentive is to be fitter, that's a delayed reward, which is psychologically less effective. Now, that is 
so incredibly true. Yeah. It really is true. And as somebody, you know, I, I, I really had to take hold of it during lockdown as well. And I've lost a hell of a lot of weight during it because I just forced myself to basically eat better and, and do a bunch yeah. of other things. Um, and there's an element of privilege to that, which Charlotte mentioned in, in the chat as well, that, yeah. you know, sometimes having access to private healthcare and gyms and being able to take walks and stuff like that or not, even just healthy food in general yeah, like just not, the cost of vegetables not everybody has access to that and that's one of the reasons why i find this and in in some instances the previous story so interesting because we are not living in an equal world where people have equal access right. to technology or even information about how stuff works and how to get on board with it so um true but 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 certainly that incentive of getting something now as a way of making you feel better about not in eating something bad or doing something that makes you feel less good um for example exercise which does not feel good if you haven't really done it before um mm. that sort of ties you over until you start noticing the physical effects which then maybe helps you stick to it possibly um, do you know what though, as well i I'm reminded of one of the biggest motivators I've ever had for being out, going out for a walk. And it, you'll laugh, it's so stupid, but it's you'll Pokemon. probably also agree. It was Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's Because when, when that game yeah. came out and you could earn um, Pokeballs or whatever it was through activity, or, you, you know, you, you were leveling up the Pokemon, weren't you? Um, it was incredibly motivating. And the only problem with it was that it, it it never really worked properly with the Apple Watch. Like it was it was always an on and off support thing. It never really carried on. I don't even know if it does support it anymore. Um, but that was great. I was out for walks constantly. Yeah, with me just mostly like, walking around graveyards <laughs> in East London, yeah, weren't we? That's true. And yeah, and we and we did a bit of that. But I was, you know, the, the when it first came out, I was out of an evening. I'd, I'd you know, at, at the time I was married, I said to my wife then, I, right, I'm out. I'm going for a walk. I've go, got Pokemon to catch. I mean, she just laughed at me, but I, it, it it motivated me. And I, what can I say? And that, but obviously, the the point of that is, it's not going to work for everyone. No one, no, most people don't care about that. But it's that instant reward, you know, the gratification of doing it. Um, you know, it, it it was great. So I think any sort of blanket scheme is always going to run into trouble because it will work for some people. Like for for a small percentage of people, it'll be great, but for the larger majority, it just won't have any impact for them. So, you know, maybe the answer is a lot of different things, a lot of different schemes. You know, maybe um, you get a government voucher for, you know, a, for a, a Sainsbury's voucher that you can spend on healthy food or something like that. I don't It's yeah. too difficult to administer. Or l but little, you know, yeah. the, the, the discount supermarkets, you know, which are incredibly popular, um, you know, would, you know, people on l lower incomes, I think, will shop in a little more frequently than in a, a waitrose let's say um and it could be that there's a partnership there that could be struck that could be very effective and this is perhaps part of why there there is a trial in the first place i just i just hope that it doesn't um i tell you what as well i reckon on. could be a could be a really good one well you know we've we've got um we've got uh, plenty of farmers in this country producing wonderful produce but the the stages it goes through in order to get to the supermarket might be making it less brilliant so the you know the government should do some sort of deal with farmers where they get an extra amount of money for producing i don't know like local boxes and if you if you get you know a thousand points you can go to a farm shop and pick up a box of like you just picked fruit and veg like that kind of thing would be very appealing to me particularly i do the same thing with my wife 
I, I get I, I give her points, you know, for example, if she compliments me on, uh, you know, on on looking well one day, then she gets a hug. Um, if, um, if she's quiet during my video game time, she gets a kiss. Um, and, uh, and she does it for me as well. For example, if I wash up after myself, I get to sleep in the same bed as her. And if, uh, and if I'm quiet during Strictly Come Dancing, um, then I get a cup of tea. It's a reward system. And it works very oh, effectively for us. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Kate in yeah, the live chat it, says yeah. this is a hundred percent not true, and Charlotte suggests this is why I've been sleeping on the sofa. Yes, um, all very good things. I am, of course, completely joking. Um, we don't do that. We have a very no. healthy. A functional relationship would not require such <laughs> things. No. Uh, yeah. Right. No, I was going to make well, a joke, like but a really I can't do that. With, I, can't, to the... I can't. Yeah. Well, no, I wanted to say something, but I can't really say that because I know my mum's listening. So, um, so shall I? Yeah, move on. Let's move on. Right. Um, if you have a view on this, how do you reward your spouse for cleaning up after him or herself? Um, let us know. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Um, what incentive do you use and how long has it kept your marriage sustained for? Let us know, people. I want to hear the words of one of my favourite Americans, Ian. Do you know who that is? I do. Do you want me to say? Go on. It's Tom Merritt. It is Tom Merritt. Here's what's been happening in the world of Tom Merritt. This week on Daily Tech News Show, our thoughts on the new Apple M1 chips and the laptops they go in. Also, our thoughts on the new affordably priced Pixel 6 flagship phone from Google. Why Facebook wants to change its name and our best guesses on what it might change to. Can blockchain save journalism? We think it could if the journalists cooperate. And what effect is Apple's change in ad tracking having on the ad market? Hint, not good for the advertisers, but is it worth it for your privacy? All that and more at dailytechnewsshow.com. Thank you, Tom. And you can look for... Oh, no, hang on. Am I coming on DTNS this week? No, I think it's next week. I'll just remind you all of that next week. But um, if you do want to put it in your calendars, I'll be on DTNS the week <laughs> the week after next. Uh, thank you, Tom, for um, for that. Um, I did also note, um, although this is, I need to caveat this, uh, in the Patreon version of the show, the extended version, we were talking about the iPod's 20th anniversary, and we went through a huge uh, collection of memories and stories about Zunes and iPods and the mp3 format and all sorts of other things and um adam who's one of our patrons listening live to us said uh i bought my Kawan d2 mp3 player based on a cnet review and i wonder mm. if it would have been me that reviewed that because I, I do remember reviewing that <clears> but i also remember that my then colleague donald bell in the us on cnet uh reviewed a lot of those ones as well so it could have been could have been one of us uh but you if you want to become a patron and listen to that you can just go to patreon.com forward slash uk tech I think that's going to do it for this week, Ian. I've had a very good time. I feel like it's been time well spent for all. By it's all been concerned. good. Uh, the my amplifier going uh, belly up was not the highlight, but we got there in the end. Yeah, and we've had a, a fantastic. I have to say, probably one of our biggest and most engaged live audiences right today. So many times we've said in the live chat, so and so said, um, which has been really, really great. So thank you all yeah. of you for being here. And, and if you're a patron. You're getting that service. You might as well use it. Yeah, you are. You know, come and join us. I know it's Sunday and people have got better things to do, frankly, but it is fun. 
It is, and every everyone every patron can listen to us and chat live <laughs> today. I just noticed Nick; <laughs> he's found the review. It, I did review the cow on D two in uh, August two thousand and ten. Look at that! I, I know. We, well, I know we're out of time, but I've just remembered the Arcos. Oh, or God. Archos, as they wanted it to be pronounced, didn't they? Didn't we have some argument about that? I, I, I had lots of them. arguments about Arcos. They were... Yeah, they they were awful, as Nick points out in the live chat. It, it, they What was funny about them is they they'd sell these devices with like video support. You could dock them with your TV. You could play back DVD files and all that kind of stuff. You had to buy all of that separately. So like you had to buy the codec to watch DVDs on TV. It was such an absolute joke. Um, it was. And they were huge as well. Well, you know, they're still um, around, uh, Arcos. They now rebadge um, e-scooters. Oh, you well, that's a natural Ar- progression, Ar- yeah. isn't it? They're a French, French, French company. Yeah, I went to quite a few of their launches back in the day. Got quite excited over their products. I remember seeing one first in 2006. Yeah, they were always exciting, but they I, yeah. I seem to remember they were pretty difficult to deal with as a company. Um, I seem to remember very short loan periods, um, lots of problems getting them to put the MPEG-2 codex on and stuff like that. Yeah, it was hilarious. How are we supposed to recommend that stuff to people when it was a pain as a reviewer? I'll never know. Anyway, yeah. that's a little preview for what we talked about in the Patreon version. Yeah, yeah. And another preview because we read out one of my old uh, CNET articles from 2007 about the brown zoom. Um, but I love. I, I, I'm just looking at the uh, the Cowan review that I'd written in 2010, and my introduction for this story was like badgers, free cake, and YouTube videos of cats singing Christmas carols. We here at Crave are fond of Cowan's MP3 players, um, and then I go on to talk about FLAC and OG audio formats. That is peak Nate Cena. It is. That is, isn't it? Goodness me, what a blast from the past. Anyway, um, Ian, thank you very much for being here. It's uh, a no, delight, thank you. as always. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, all of our listeners. You are the most magical people in the world, with the possible exception of His Holiness Santa Claus. But even then, I would say you all look beautiful in a beard. Uh- Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. If you wish. We'll catch you again, I think, next week. Unless there's anything else, Ian? No. Thanks, all. Bye. You'd look good in a Santa costume, mate.